I'm going to take you through the, the story of the group, what we did, um, the different um, eras and why I think it, it was significant and was attempting to do something which I think was maybe a little bit different. I just briefly uh, want to explain my kind of methodological background to this is coming from a kind of scholar-activist tradition. My supervisor is Paul Chatterton, who's a um, kind of scholar-activist geographer who's written um, uh, extensively on this tradition. Um, so I'm, I'm coming from a kind of engaged or action research basis. Um, I was a co-founder of the group um, and I organised um, alongside with as part of the really open university for the whole two years that we existed. So I'm not a kind of a detached researcher that's been doing uh, work on this group. I've been a kind of, um, uh, a kind of participant, uh, a co-conspirator, if you like. Um, so that's my kind of background. I, what I ended up calling militant ethnography, which I think is as close to uh, what I ended up producing in my PhD, um, taking Geoffrey Duris's um, term for, for that. So that's the, that's the background to, to this research and our work. Okay, so how did the RAU, the Really Open University, arise? Um, why did we start? We started in January 2010, so it's um, some months before the big student protests around the Brown Review and the tripling of the fees that we experienced in this country, um, you know, a significant amount of time <coughs> before that. Most of us have been involved in various forms of political activism. Lots of people have come from climate camp and environmental-based activism. Other people have come from uh, a kind of whole series of other forms of um, student politics or, or general kind of forms of activism. Well, one, one of the things that we were, uh, I guess, fed up about or uh, that people wanted to intervene within was what they saw as the depolitical student experience. What the, uh, a group called Provisional University, who are a writing collective um, based over in Dublin, called uh, the university as a form of depoliticisation machine. Uh, they write about the numerous ways in which the university, including uh, the student union sadly, can actually actively depoliticise the student body. So we kind of were in the middle of this kind of uh, neoliberal university um, experiencing a, a very kind of um, depoliticised um, student body. There were a series of cuts to funding coming up and uh, a potential lecturer strike to do with um, paying conditions and we decided to uh, make some kind of strategic or uh, political intervention within that. So that's why the group started. So what was the ROU? Well, as I said, we were established in January 2010, and that was partly originally uh, at the beginning to resist cuts to the, to the university. Um, uh, there had been a funding deficit and there was a, a lot of um, strife on campus um, between the UCU um, and the university management, um, uh, and there were some other kind of local issues that originally the group uh, set up around. But we also... Um, more importantly, wanted to be more than just a student group. We didn't want to be another uh, kind of anti-cuts group. There was already an anti-cuts group on campus called Leeds University Against Cuts. I'm sure there was a similar ex-university against cuts in, in nearly every institution around the country. We wanted to somehow expand the critique or the debate around higher education. We were all, all interested in broader issues um, around transformations of the university, the purpose of the university, um, and reimagining and potentially reinventing uh, the university in its form. So what was a really essential component, I think, of our group was that we were both students and non-students. Now, students were in the majority, but there were a number of um, ex-students or non-students involved in the group who had an interest in the university and its 
place in the world and society and the transformations that were taking place and the struggles uh, around the university that we kind of thought were going to be on the horizon. Another interesting and important aspect was that it wasn't simply uh, an undergraduate society. There were people from um, under, a lot, number of undergraduate students. There were also a lot of postgraduate students, PhD students, master's students, and sympathetic members of staff who kind of kept their head down, but we knew who they were and that they would come to us and offer debate, advice, support, criticism, etc. So it was a, a kind of diverse group, and that created a, a great wealth of uh, opportunity, but it was also a source of tension at times. Maybe I'll come back to that later, or you can ask me questions about that. So in some ways, then, we didn't want to replicate um, simply being a, a student political group. We wanted to be of interest um, to people outside of the university. We wanted to, what we were saying to be interesting uh, politically uh, to people that weren't currently based in the institution. So we wanted to be in, but not of, the university. So we to be um, on the kind of edge or the periphery of the institution to try and maintain uh, what Deleuze and Guattari kind of call a cramped space, which I think is a, a kind of really creative um, space of tension, a bottleneck. Um, so we didn't just want to be, here's the nice left-wing student group against cuts. We also didn't want to be, here's the angry activist group that are against everything. We wanted to try and do something that mixed a lot of different things up. So I'm going to explore the trajectory of the group um, through uh, three periods of its activity, which are, uh, are kind of distinct, or distinct enough that I've drawn uh, a kind of um, uh, a break between them. That's RAU 1.0, 2.0, and 3.0. So RAU 1.0, that's when we emerged. Now, that's the first semester <coughs> of the group's existence, from January 2010 um, until uh, the end of teaching, um, or the end of that semester. And that was mostly... Um, Orig kind of originally that activity was around these cuts on campus, about trying to start a group, um, but also getting people interested in a form of politics that wasn't um, traditional uh, Leninist-dominated, Trotskyist-dominated left-wing politics on campus, which alienated a number of people, um, but also wasn't some of the single-issue campaigning around climate or around Palestine and all the other important and interesting stuff that was going on in campus. The way initially that was done was to talk about planning a university occupation, not that original I know, but the purpose of this occupation was to create a temporary autonomous university. There were endless discussions about who we would invite to speak, some of those people were contacted, agreed, uh, we were going to try and mix up the curriculum between a balance between talks and more active forms of learning. Um, and we arranged a series of very participatory meetings. Those are the uh, publicity um, images for those meetings, which were held off campus um, in, in bars and the uh, meeting rooms of social centres in Leeds City Centre to talk about not just how we're going to plan an action, but what do you want from your education? What do you want from the university? And just got people, students, non-students, to kind of brainstorm and think about what they wanted from their education, what was it currently not providing, how was the university changing, what did they think about that. And then a second meeting to try and plan this. Now, the planning never um, kind of came to fruition and we didn't manage to organise a temporary autonomous university that semester, but it transformed into something else into the, in the second period of the group's activity, so I'll move on to that in a second. Now, it's important to say the other kind of main focus of the group's activity at this point was um, a kind of 
difficult relationship between the other political institutions on campus, principally the UCU um, and the Student Union at Leeds. So we were in kind of active solidarity with a strike that was being um, balloted for um, with the lecturers' union, the UCU. Many of us were in that union as graduate um, teaching um, uh, associates. So um, we wanted to kind of get undergraduates in the group and, and their friends and their contacts to understand why lecturers were potentially voting for strike action. Um, but at the same time, we were to some extent critical of the limited critique that UCU were putting forward um, around the problems in the, in the university. Um, now, the student union at that point, that, that the executive that was um, in power at that time, rather unhelpfully um, began a campaign called Education First, um, which was against the, the lecturers striking. There was an active campaign saying vote no. There was a banner at the front of the student union trying to encourage lecturers not to vote for strike action because it would damage the student experience. So many, um, many student activists and others on campus were um, incensed about that kind of lack of solidarity from the student union. So the student union itself became a kind of uh, focus for protest and activism um, uh, for the group at that point. So it, it was caught between this kind of potential strike activity. Um, so this period it was organising for a, for a university, an occupied university, but also various forms of protest. Now they generally um, veer towards the, the more creative uh, kind of performative theatrical side of protests as has already been kind of commented on in relation to the, the climate um, activism in Glasgow. So um, one example of, of what the group did was um, create a um, costume of, of sorts um, that was supposed to represent um, a large brain uh, which was then chased around campus with money to symbolise the kind of commodification, marketisation <laughs> of education. Now, those of us in the group theorised this as um, in relation to uh, Marx's discussion of the general intellect and the grand reason, notebooks for capital, but of course that wasn't necessarily how we um, communicated that to the general student body. <laughs> <coughs> the costume, it has to be said, possibly we could have recruited a few more art students to our group. <laughs> Because having a lot of social scientists and theory heads trying to create paper mache brain costumes, possibly it's not paper mache 101, unfortunately. It turns out it's quite hard. Anyway, we, nonetheless, we got someone to volunteer, honestly, they volunteered, to run around embarrassing themselves dressed up as the general intellect. Um, and perhaps the most, the, the most, I do actually have a picture of this, but I haven't put it on the slides. But, um, um, the, the kind of, I suppose, most symbolically important action that we did with that costume was um, a bunch of uh, mostly undergraduate students, like from, from memory, attempted to storm a live Channel 4 broadcast that was going from the refectory um, at the, the Student Union uh, at Leeds, dressed up as the general intellect, or the one at the front dressed up as the general intellect, um, and throw around copies of the group's newsletter, which was called The Sausage Factory. Um, now, they didn't make it all the way onto screen, but you could hear the fracas and disruption in the back of the, the, the broadcast, and Jon Snow had to say, all oh, protesters got into the building. So the point was made, and security kind of um, took apart the general intellect um, in their kind of forcing back of the students, which I think is, again, quite nice and um, symbolic. So at the end of this um, period, RE 1.0, all sorts of stuff had happened, lots of protests, lots of um, engagement with quite a broader um, number of students that were attracted to this kind of politics, the sort of uh, creative activism they may be involved in in more environmental stuff, 
um, they've been switched off by um, kind of being told that you know selling papers or shouting through megaphones was the only form of political activity they weren't interested in that um, but they were demobilized by the fact that Easter I think fell early that year um, and there was just not the capacity to organize anything meaningful in terms of, a, of an occupied university before that so we kind of dissipated so then we had the second period of the group from September just before the student protests of that winter in 2010 all the way to the to the end of that academic year in kind of June July 2011 and the group kind of consolidated and said okay so we're not a one-off action group we're actually an ongoing group they're having interesting discussions um, what do we want to do we continued producing our newsletter uh, which itself was a source of uh, endless argument and debate over exclusive academic language and uh, kind of political jargon which was uh, interesting discussion to have amongst postgrads undergrads members of staff the general student uh, body but we also worked on a collectively authored document called um, free reforms for a different future um, now these reforms were not really reforms that we expect to be met they were merely out put out there as a kind of utopian um, kind of suggestion to the, the student populace. These were the abolition of metric systems such as the Research Excellence Framework and the um, National Student Survey, um, the abolition of student fees and the, um, the introduction of a living wage, um, and the third one, which I've actually temporarily forgotten, I apologise. Um, but the purpose of the, this document, of these reforms, was basically to, to begin a discussion between what was affecting academic members of staff, what was affecting students. Um, students had never necessarily taken any notice of the research excellence framework, they didn't know what it was. Uh, they knew they had to fill in an evaluation form at the end of their student uh, degree. They didn't necessarily have any kind of wider critique or discussion about what these metric systems were being used for. They hadn't necessarily thought about um, student debt um, in the way that was discussed in this document. Um, so we produced that, but at the same time, and, and during the run-up to the, the big student protests of that winter, we organised um, a three-day event called Reimagine the University. Um, and that was effectively uh, the kind of ideas we were trying to put out there for the occupied university that we wanted to organise the year before, uh, but in a different format. So we, we eventually found out through the complicated bureaucratic procedures how we might hire rooms in the student union. We got lecturers on board to book rooms in, um, in departments. We called open participatory meetings and got um, students and non-students from both institutions, although mostly the University of Leeds, um, to set up workshops and talks or films or games on any topic they wanted. And then the ROU, the kind of coordinating group, which was open for anyone else mm -hmm. to get involved in, kind of timetabled this, did the publicity, created a website, and so on and so forth. And this became Reimagine the University. What does it mean to reimagine the university? Um, now, more by luck than by design, there was a very large student protest in Leeds um, to coincide with national student protests that day, um, and a university building was actually um, occupied on the first day of this event. Um, which, which kind of meant we were almost behind the, the trend, really, or behind the tide. We weren't expecting such a, a large movement to, uh, to emerge. So we moved some of the uh, events um, of that, um, that Reimagine the University kind of three-day conference to the occupied space and tried to engage uh, with the students that were, were involved in that. 
And then gradually, as the kind of big protests and movements of that winter dissipated um, in, the, in the new year, we set up a whole series of, of, of other discussion groups, public meetings, um, continuing with uh, kind of the odd protest uh, and, and kind of um, trying to move the debate forward, seeing where we could go after the end of the student movement, uh, or what seemed to be the end of the street-based student movement of 2010. Eventually, uh, and that's just some pictures of protests in Leeds and some of our banners and speaking at the, uh, uh, the kind of end of the march there. So this eventually moved on to um, uh, the <coughs> final stage of the group, which was sort of roughly from September 2011 through to March 2012, um, which became um, the space project. Basically, we managed to successfully get six months worth of funding from an organization called Changemakers and we hired a city centre space, an empty, uh, an empty building and um, established it as a, a kind of alternative uh, or autonomous education space and um, the groups could use for you to use for meetings, to you do for research, to um, organize speakers and so what. Now many people had already been through um, the experience of um, autonomous social centres, <coughs> squatted spaces. Um, there was a space called the Commonplace in Leeds, which was uh, a rented social centre that existed for several years. Um, so they'd been through um, some of the kind of positive and negative experiences of, of, of those um, alternative projects. So in many ways, this was attempting not to replicate that, but to learn from some of the mistakes. Um, now, whether or not we were successful in that, I think is highly um, questionable. Um, but certainly there was um, a desire to go beyond um, a number of limitations of the kind of social centre model. One of those was the sustainability in terms of kind of energy for those projects, which we definitely failed on. And the other um, was to go beyond kind of the activist ghetto. We didn't want to be seen as just a, a kind of anarcho-activist uh, kind of um, space. We wanted to open up beyond that, create links with local um, arts groups working with um, teenagers, um, in local areas and so on and so forth. To some extent, um, we were successful with that. Not majorly successful, but probably more successful than similar social centre projects that I've been involved with. <coughs> so um, we got the six months funding, we rented the space, we decorated it as much as possible. It was very important to us that we didn't want to replicate some kind of dark, dingy stereotype of what a space like that uh, <coughs> might be for lots of people who wanted to be welcoming. Um, and, um, and kind of friendly space um, and we began to self-manage um, this six-month kind of alternative university or alternative education space. Um, it was run by consensus, non-hierarchically, people were encouraged to get involved in the running of the space um, and they were encouraged even more so to, to put on their own events. So a number of different um, groups ended up using the space from some of the kind of activist groups you might expect, <coughs> No Borders, um, Palestinian Solidarity Group, the local Occupy camp when they weren't um, camping any longer in the city centre used it, but also um, some more kind of innovative, or what I think is made perhaps more innovative stuff happened there. Um, the most important of which um, was a course called the Really Open Course in Crisis, which was instead of a one-off um, talk or workshop, it was a, it was a, a, a course that ran over the period of uh, two months um, that that tried to um, provide a space where people could 
understand the 2008 financial crisis, what the kind of political ramifications of that were, um, and do some re reading around crisis theory and uh, trying to uh, kind of get to grips with that. Invited lecturers were um, uh, came along and participated or, or, or gave talks. Um, and that was very well attended by, you know, regularly by around sort of 50 people, which I think is, is quite a lot for a very niche um, course like that. Mm -hmm. The second course that we ran um, around the same time was a rad radical economics course, something that we'd always wanted to run with these courses for, so that for people who had no background in, in, in kind of um, economics by training, wanted to understand what we were being told on the news and what we were being told about the crisis um, from a kind of more political uh, perspectives. So we got um, a lecturer from the management school at Leicester University called David Harvey, not the David Harvey, the <laughs> famous critical geographer. He wouldn't come that far. Um, uh, and he gave a few, few talks. He understood economics, but he's also coming from a kind of anti-capitalist Marxist perspective. So he was able to say, well, this is what you're being told, but effectively this is my take on this from a kind of critical Marxist perspective. Um, so we would um, alternate uh, week by week or fortnight by fortnight kind of more formal lectures and talks by someone like David Harvey or someone else that had been invited along and self-run reading groups uh, and kind of study sessions. Um, and this extended well beyond the confines of the, the Really Open University group itself. It was mostly, um, mostly used by people um, that were uh, beyond that group that had never been part of, of forming it. Um, this came to an end when the funding ran out um, in uh, March 2011, but really the group had already begun to um, lose energy. Running that space for six months was a huge amount of work. It, it was um, through the winter um, of, 20, of 2011 into 2012. It was, it was lots of energy having to go on, open up and close up for groups. Effectively, we had reproduced the unsustainable social centre model in terms of the kind of human effort that was involved. People had jobs, children, lives, PhDs to finish, <laughs> um, and so on and so forth. So there was no real energy. Um, that amount of kind of stress and strain had taken its toll on the group, as, uh, and there was no real energy to continue. Um, so that kind of that third period, that experimental space, um, really kind of was also the death knell for the group, which I, I think is um, interesting to reflect on, really. So a, a number of productive things, I think, came out of the group, not least those that were involved in it, which, which was a fluctuating um, group of people as people, you know, um, left university or left their course and went uh, back to wherever they're from, whichever country or city that might be. New people got involved. And they were changed in that process. So they, they um, were part of a not, all the, not necessarily um, always easy process of um, debating and discussing politics and being forced to think about things in, in a different way. Um, we produced new political pedagogical spaces, whether they be the space projects or whether that be um, some of the kind of one-off events that we did where people could come together um, and to a large extent redefine what a political action was uh, and what you know education was because there was a blend of um, protest and pedagogy at um, a number of, of the, the kind of events that we organized. Um, we challenged the inside outside of the university over um, what it meant to be within the university but not of the university, uh, what um, Harley and Moton call a kind of undercommons of the university, the kind of, uh, uh, kind of hidden spaces, liminal spaces of the institution. Um, but ultimately was unsustainable and it was you know, a two-year group that existed 
uh, and then burnt out. It didn't create any lasting kind of institutional um, force, really, unlike other groups that we were certainly inspired by um, and had um, some sort of discussion with, such as the Social Science Centre in Lincoln and the work of Sarah, who's here today, and Mike Neary and, and others that were doing similarly interesting um, things at the time who have gone on to uh, kind of institutionalise their work to a large extent. Um, so it was an interesting period. It was interesting um, to kind of do this research and co-found this group um, sometime before the student movement to try to engage uh, a, a wider political discussion in, in what was, um, to some extent, uh, anti-cuts rhetoric. But ultimately, uh, um, the group was unable to survive beyond, uh, beyond this kind of space that we'd, we'd funded and created. So we'd reproduced some of the problematic um, structures or um, behaviours of much autonomous politics, much kind of non-hierarchical um, horizontal politics that many of us have been involved in or studied um, of other groups as well. So we really left that group um, wanting to, to rethink um, what it means to, to be a political organisation and what new forms of organisation um, might need to be invented to um, go beyond um, groups that, um, that are thrown up and then dissipate but without sinking into, without withdrawing to very formalised traditional left-wing or, or radical organisations. Um, and that's, that's what some of the people that were involved in that group have gone on to continue to work on as researchers or as activists or as uh, graduates that have gone on to, to do all sorts of inspiring projects. All right. Thanks so much.